When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Celtics Reddit podcast. Ben Ballas here, or as I go by on Celtics Reddit, Brutal Gash. Coming up on the show, you guessed it, a whole lot of free agency talk curbed in the direction of the Celtics and how it affects our favorite dudes in green. With us to discuss it all and perhaps commiserate about the departure of the NBA's most gorgeous set of eyes from the Celtics, it's Joe, aka No Scrooge McFly. Joe, how's it going, man? Yeah, man. I'm just completely spun out by the um, by today's turn of events. How are you? Yeah, I mean, there was quite a lot going on. I I certainly got no work done today. I. Uh, like got to my desk at work, opened up Twitter and was like, okay, now I'm connected to what's going on in the NBA and hopefully my employers are listening to this because it was very much just keeping an eye on, on the timeline from that point onwards. Um, let's get, we're just going to run through, I, I guess, the greatest hits of today. And, you know, if we, if we want to get into some of the smaller signings, we can. I think the obvious one to get to first is Al Horford signing a four-year deal, $109 million to join the Sixers, along with Tobias Harris and Josh Richardson. Perhaps the only man, at least in the Eastern Conference, who could defend Joel Embiid will now be um, saddling up alongside him and, and playing there in, in Philly. Um Shades of Ray Allen to to Miami, a, a man that we all know and love, uh, leaving us for a sexier uh, lover, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Uh, how how are you, dare I ask, feeling about this particular uh, action? <laughs> Not great, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the general sentiment on the interwebs has been, you know, Horford. There's no, there's no sort of malice um, towards him no. for the decision he's made. I think I get it. Like I, you know, I think Philadelphia, the Philadelphia team he's joining is definitely a better team than the one he would have rejoined if the Celtics, uh, you know, if he'd stayed mm-hmm. on the Celtics. So, so fair enough. But um, man, um, like, did it have to be Philly? Like, I, I would have been. I actually would have been like pumped if it was the Clippers, you know, like or or yeah, the Mavericks, or the, Pelicans. Yeah, or the Pelicans. Pelicans would have been super exciting, you know, like we would have been a great fit there. And then we had to live through the 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 roller coaster ride of, you know, the the potential sign and trades, um, you know, making it a possibility. It felt like it happened twice today, where it looked like a possibility mm-hmm. you might return. That was horrible, you know. It was torturous. 
yeah, so Keith Smith was the, yeah. the bringer Bloody of of, um, of unfulfilled hopes, and he, he tweeted close towards like the end point there where Al eventually did sign with Philly. He tweeted, sources, the Boston Celtics are progressing towards a series of sign-and-trade deals oh. uh, to enable them to re-sign Al Horford while also maintaining the full mid-level exception. And, uh, I mean, at that point, it was like, okay, we didn't even know if we were going to get the full MLE, let alone Al Horford. Suddenly, they're, they're sort of one and the same, in the though. Like, cause if, aren't they? Like, um, I feel like we're really sort of starting to learn the, the cat. But, like, if Rozier, yeah. goes, <laughs> if Rozier goes, we do get the MLE? Is that, is that right or is that not right? No, that can't be right. Well, put, it wouldn't be I'll put it in uh, simpler terms just because that's how my mind works. Yeah. That we were going from a... a, a, a a point in time of no cap space and no Al Horford to potentially Al Horford and some cap space. So, although typically not cap space because you get the the MLE is when you are over the cap, but with the ability to, to, to sign, sign more, yeah, I know. If, functionally, yeah. functionally, we're yeah. like we can yeah. sign but more. But I, I hear you. I sort of w- and a worthy call. I out. think. <laughs> sorry, man. Um, but I think we sort of if we get Al, we get both right because if we have Al, we are over the cap, and therefore we have the mm. MLE. That's right, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, okay, got it, yeah. But uh, no Al Hofford, regardless. So oh, thank you for man. that, Keith Smith. Yeah, that was, uh, shot Keith. That was a brutal turn of affairs. <laughs> uh. um, Reddit user RDA Man 2 writes, Can't lie, I'm a little pissed. Just the thought of Al Hofford high-fiving Ben Simmons makes the veins in my neck pop out. I hope we fucking destroy them. And another user, Scenic Highway Overpass, writes, That's a lot of money to invest just to make sure no one consistently consistently makes Embiid look foolish. Um, what are your thoughts on the four-year huge deal for Al Horford? Because uh, apparently, reportedly, according to, I think, Bill Simmons, uh, Horford was offered 385 exactly. And now he's looking at 4109 especially the, the back end of that deal. You know, rose-colored glasses towards Horford taken off. How, how do you think that plays out? Honestly, um, I think it'll be fine. <laughs> I, I This is what I honestly think. I think Horford's going to age really well. Um, you know, will he be a, a $30 million player? Well, he's not. He's, he only has to be a $25 million player too, which is, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you've got to think of it, you gotta, you know, you sort of have to think of it in terms of the cap. Like, I don't know what the cap's going to be like in, in, in four years' time, but it might be around $120 million, right? So what's 25 yeah. of that? It's... It's kind of just a shade over twenty percent of the cap. Is he going to be worth twenty percent of the cap? Uh, maybe not, but like you know, I don't think you know. I think he's still going to be really good. You know, his skills, his skill set's going to age really well. He's still going to be able to shoot. He's still going to be able to pass. I think we've sort of yeah. seen from. He sort of reminds me of like Grant Hill a little bit. You know, like Grant Hill was still checking Kobe when he was almost forty. You know, yeah. Um, sure. I feel like he's that sort of athlete. Um, it'll be more whether he can, you know, like maybe you know he has been a little injury prone with us. But honestly, if you said um, Al Horford's agreed to that contract with the Celtics, I'm like, sure, fine, great, let's do mm-hmm. it. I'm happy. Yeah. I mean, what, what's your what's your like? It kind of depends. Firstly, on what you think Al Horford's career is going to look like. What do you think his career arc is from here? Well, the arc is different now that he's joined the Sixers and what it would have looked like if he'd stayed in his current role on the Celtics as opposed to kind of backing up Joel Embiid, at least maybe in the long term, 
on the sixes, it, it looks it's quite different. Like he definitely um, doesn't have to play as pivotal a role on that team in Philadelphia. It doesn't as he have would to have rebound in, in Boston. <laughs> well, yeah, and like they can stagger the minutes there as well. Like they might start together, but then Al can sit for longer periods of time. Maybe that's potentially problematic down the line because there have been periods of time where Joel Embiid has looked the same age, if not older, than Al Horford. <laughs> but um, I think that it gives Al Horford a good opportunity to play a lot less minutes um, and with a lot less intensity, particularly through the regular season. And maybe that prolongs his impact on an NBA team or a contending NBA team for a little bit. Yeah. So I, it's probably a good move. He gets the money, maybe gets to prolong his career a little bit. I get it from his perspective, but it fucking hurts, yeah. man. Like that's that's so brutal. That's Al Horford. That's been our guy, one of the longer tenured Celtics, and to go to to Philly, that uh, you know, I love the guy. Philly. I will cheer for him when he returns. But Philly man. of all teams, yeah. Man. <laughs> I know it's so bad. Uh, what are you gonna do? Um, look, I, it, I it dare just, say it just says so, maybe so much about how well liked he was that we're not completely throwing the toys. You know, well, yeah, w- what I do when I'm preparing for these podcasts is I, I scroll through the, the comments on the, the primary post for whatever the event is. And it was difficult to find anything that wasn't completely anti-Al, which I was surprised. I, I get there's that sort of an initial emotional reaction to these things. And that's, you know, human nature. Um, but it was difficult to find comments to shout out for that this segment that weren't just like completely fuck that guy i hope you know i hope time lord dunks on his face or whatever it may be there was a lot of that which uh you know if time lord dunks on him that will be um that'll be nice but (laughs) a lot of anti-al talk for for once i mean which was strange i'm at the point i mean obviously with this you sort of like you know what al if your knees give out in two seasons i'm not gonna be gutted anymore but like i don't know it's the dark place to go to yeah um but i hear (laughs) I'm going there. <laughs> no, I look. I um, I really. I, I think this is, this is a bigger point that I want to make, and it kind of ties into the Kimber. But like, we weren't. Some some commentators talked about like us effectively changing Kim, um, Kyrie out for Kimber, but we didn't. Mm. We changed Al Horford out for Kimber, and we lost Kyrie. Yeah. So that was the choice, yep. kind of that we were making. And honestly, like. We've kind of in our little chats, I've kind of used this kind of rough, like, kind of rubric to kind of assess a decision, right? Like, what are the percentages a guy chance a guy overperforms, at, at you know adequately performs or underperforms his contract? And so I look at Al Horford and I'm like, what are the percentages that chance that he overperforms that contract? Well, that's actually zero. You know, there's a zero percent chance he overperforms that contract. There's no way. Um, what are the percentage chance that he gives them equal value for that contract? I feel like for him, that's like a, I feel like a 60% chance that he's going to give them equal value, you know? Yeah. Especially as the cap continues to go up gradually yeah. as well, like you mentioned. That, that's right. That's right. And which leaves, you know, 40% chance, I guess, that that he's going to um, under underperform that contract. I sort of feel like... Uh, I feel like Kimba is more likely to underperform his contract than Al is. What Al provides and how he impacts winning is just very different to what Kimba does. And um, I think Al is a massively impactful player. And I feel like without him, like as things currently constituted, our team feels like it's in no man's land. 
a roster does, you know? As currently constituted, big asterisk. So I'm like, yeah. Uh, yep. yeah. So that, that just what makes this whole thing sting. It's like it, it, it transforms us into also rans a little bit, you know, as currently. Yeah. It's a loss of identity. I, I want to get to the Canberra stuff a little bit later in the uh, in the Reddit recap because that is sort of the embodiment of, of Celtics Reddit at the moment. Um, but for now, another huge chunk of the uh, of the free agency day today, uh, KD, Kyrie, and DeAndre Jordan to the Nets. Contender or pretender? I know that's like a cliche sort of question to ask when these big signings well, occur. Like this but, year or next know, year? Like, Well, I mean, in, in general. So like, okay, maybe not this year because it's <laughs> Kyrie Irving and, and DJ who is getting older and, and basically the same Nets team um, sans D'Angelo Russell, which we'll get to again. Um, but I, I just don't see them like sort of leaping off the page, getting anywhere beyond maybe the second, if they're lucky, the third round, depending on injuries and things like that this year. And then KD comes back. He's older. He's coming back from maybe the like the worst kind of injury beyond like a spinal injury that you can suffer in the NBA. Um, and he has to integrate with this new team as he's coming back and rehabbing, you know, shades of, of Gordon Hayward. Um, do you see it sort of coming to fruition there for, for the Nets? Do you see it becoming anything? Well, yeah, I mean, nothing too serious this year. Not this year. No. I mean, and then next year it depends on Durant and his Achilles, but I assume that he'll come back. Although we've just had the Hayward experience. Like every Celtics fan, right, has to factor that in when they think about what KD's going to look like when he comes back. You know, Yeah, or what anything in the NBA ever looks yeah. like because you know, things can happen in a heartbeat like if, and everything Totally. Changes. If you were to tell me that Kevin Durant comes off in two years' time, Kevin Durant's come off a year where he's averaged 15 points a game. Coming mm-hmm. back, I'm like, okay, that's a possibility. You know, like, um, totally. But I don't actually expect that. Um, so, yeah, with, with Durant there, I mean, Durant just, Durant bends reality, man. He's one of those guys. You are a contender yeah. if he's on your team, for sure. Um, and the current, is currently constituted, man, they've still got some players. Man, they they got some nice, the nice players. How do they fit around Kyrie? I, I don't know, man. But um, they've still got talent there, man. That's that is part of the reason, right? Like why Kyrie signed there because they still got Harris, right? So Joe Harris. They got Joe Harris. They got Karis Levert, Dinwiddie, Torian Prince, yes. who has killed the Celtics before. Yeah, Jared, Jared Allen. Allen. Like that's that's like that's four guys. You know, they got yeah. Kuroks, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, you know, they've got dudes, man. So um, I don't see why not. Like, that's not like that's not nothing, eh? You know, like there's a real... like They've essentially swapped out D'Angelo Russell for Kyrie Irving. And D'Angelo mm-hmm. Russell and Kyrie Irving are not similar players at all. Kyrie Irving mm-hmm. is substantially better than D'Angelo Russell. Substantially, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. And and very much in his prime, uh, despite what most Celtics fans might say at this point, given the ill feelings towards one Kyrie Irving. A Reddit user Finn Shouter 512 wrote, Kyrie leading a young core while his all-star teammate is out for a year with an injury. I'm sure this can only lead to success. <laughs> it's a familiar scenario, right? I mean, obviously, the, um, Hayward and Durant are in different tiers from one another, but... Um, 
the the stage that is set for Kyrie, it, it is kind of similar, yeah. right? In terms of the young talent on the team, the situation with the injured All Star. Uh, it's just uh, it's you can't write this stuff, you know. Like the NBA is like maybe the best soap opera out there, and this is just part of many you know um, dominoes that fell today. But I don't know. There's just there's a stank to it that I can't get over as a maybe a bitter Celtics fan. Um, the Kyrie experience and that it's ended this way, and I don't know. Like just little things, like the Brooklyn like arena and the uniforms look cool, and Kyrie looks cool in them in the photoshops, and that makes me angry. Uh, I just don't. I don't know. I should have formed a, a more well thought out opinion before coming on this podcast, but that's that's where I'm at. It's still a very emotional reaction at this well, point. Okay, I. I'm excited, like, as a fan, as a basketball fan, like, I'm excited about Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving being on the same team. And I'm really happy it's not the Knicks. And I'm really happy it's not the Lakers. (laughs) You know, like, I'm really happy that a team that is run by a New Zealander and run well, um, a New Zealander who bothered (laughs) to play for his country, unlike Stephen Uh (laughs) Adams, who is on dicey ground, in my view. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's, um, you know, like, it's a well-run organization. I'm glad they've been rewarded to an extent. But at the same time, like, it this does feel a little bit happenstance for them. Like, it's mm. it's too, it's so, it's, it's, they got chosen, you know what I mean? Like, they got chosen, they're like a groupie at a rock concert that got chosen by the yeah. rock star. To, <laughs> Picked out of the yeah, audience. you know what I mean? They're not, it's not quite like they were in a position where they actually offered the most compelling basketball reasons to come for the, both of those guys, I don't, I don't think. Yeah. But compared to the Knicks and the Lakers, they are vastly ahead. And, and, and like, I don't begrudge, I don't begrudge Brooklyn their success, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of happy for them given the the narrative for Brooklyn only a few years ago after the KD sorry the KG and, and Paul Pierce trade um, was completely different yeah. and it looked like it was going to be sort of an infinite period of time before they could even start to contend again and then they got some really good infrastructure around them and made some really good draft picks and and you know took on some salary for assets and all those things that you should do um, and they've come out shining in it. And, it, and that is um, a testament to having an organization, you know, owned and run by by quality people. Um, so I, in that sense, I'm happy for them sort of in a vacuum there. But as a Celtics fan, I'm bitter that like they could well win a title before us, so, even though we flee. So, totally. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I know. It does it, it very much it, like our our little moment in the sun has has definitely passed us by, you know, when we're not like we're not the team that sort of like we were kind of we kind of dominated the NBA not from a playing point of view but transactionally we dominated mm-hmm. the NBA. We were the team you had to deal with, right? And that's no longer the case. You know, uh, I'm gonna miss that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. Who knows? Who knows what Angel's got up his sleeve? I, mean, I suppose we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, solid, solid moves for a few years now by the Nets, and they've they've got this core now. I don't know about DeAndre Jordan. I think I suspect That's maybe Jared Allen That's will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he was, you know, he was part of the KD Kyrie sort of entourage yeah. by all accounts, so he had to be there. Uh, Reddit user Henry is your boss wrote on the post there for for Kyrie to the Nets. Wish it could have been different, Kai. Which um, 
I don't think it could have been, <laughs> but I, I wish that as well. And user Bosox50505 writes, so Kyrie was indeed saying two max spots to K-Reeb in the tunnel at the All-Star game. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Oh, that was that about nothing. That has to have been a thing now, oh, right? Of course it was. Yeah. Okay, I'm actually sick of these players like <laughs> being all, all hoity-toity about us reading into things that clearly, that are, clearly real. are real and have transpired. Yeah. We're not idiots. Like, I think actually players need to stop treating fans like idiots a little bit. Like, when they do things, they do them on purpose, and there's a reason why fans take notice of them, you know? Uh, and media. Like, sorry, guys, it's a thing. Uh, sorry, KD. Like, KD is actually a little bit of a child underneath it all, you know? Um Oh, with the with the tweets and the, the, tweets the and, extra and, accounts and, 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 and you know how he went at Strauss, <laughs> Ethan yeah. Strauss, like telling me, you know, like, bro, this is there was this was a story. It really was. You know, mm-hmm. you can't pretend like just it send isn't. a text message. <laughs> just send a text message to your mate. It's or, or a WhatsApp or WhatsApp. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. it's encrypted. We can't peek into that. It's not in front of a bunch of cameras at the freaking All Star game. Many ways to communicate with your friends so ahead many, of a free agency. Frustrating. Um, Terry Rogier to the Hornets in what might end up being a double sign and trade. Three years, 58 million, almost 20 mil a year for Scary Terry. Uh, no Reddit shout outs for this one because they're all uh, just about the ability to re sign Al Horford. This was announced before the doom and gloom um, Horford to the Sixers news. Uh, overpay there for, for Terry Rogier for, for MJ and his crew there in, in Charlotte. What do you think? Mm, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do want to shout out someone though. Um, he's a, like a, you'll see him pop up on weird Celtics Twitter, TM. But um, what's his name? Cousin Steez. Oh yeah, I don't another know. Another one. Um, as you guys well know, I've never been fond of Terry Rozier the player. Agreed. Been well out on him for a while. But Terry Rozier, the personality, excluding the car wash thing at ESPN a little while ago, has been a lot of fun. I'll miss that experience, and I'm glad he got to secure the bag for a team that needs him. I 100% endorse that take. Terry yeah, Rozier, the personality, absolutely. was lots of fun. Um, yeah, he was. He was great. I enjoyed the scary Terry thing, the Drew Bledsoe stuff. It was great. Um, we got our money's worth yeah. out of Terry Rozier, even though it drove me nuts as a player. Yeah, I think he went 16 in the draft Pretty a few years back. 16, sort of man. Cl- classic Ainge pick where everyone was like, who yeah. is this guy? Um, and I remember the first time he was really noticed by sort of the larger fan base. In, it was in the series against the Wizards, and he hit a huge, huge corner three. If it wasn't in game seven, it was in game five. It's definitely in Boston to, to oh, put the, yes, the game out of reach at that one. point. Yeah. And uh, he was still like, I don't think he was a rookie at that point, but he was still like the young, hadn't really heard much from him, a little bit reserved, trying to find himself year. in the NBA. And he hit that shot and that, that was huge. And um, obviously, yeah, Scary Terry. And I still have my Scary Terry shirt in my wardrobe, which I, I might sort of now regain some like cultish value <laughs> a little bit if I continue to hold on to it. because It's like a snapshot from a moment in, in NBA history. Yeah. But um, I might dust it off at some point, put it back on, and, and celebrate what was. I also remember 2016 Summer League. He was really great that second oh, yeah. Summer League. He was dominating. He hit some game winners. Yeah. I, I always, I even though his game drove me nuts, it's more the results of his game. I actually loved the mm. style that he played with, that his, 
his kind of slinky speed up, slow down. I, I mm-hmm. really enjoyed watching. I always thought it looked really cool. Um, but Terry, it wasn't meant to be, and um, he is not worth twenty million a year. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad we're not. Especially with that roster. <laughs> yeah. oh, what are they up to over there, man? <laughs> Team overpay. Um, look, if you're drafting a fantasy squad in the next couple of months, Rogier might be a good pickup because he's he's really on a an, on an air. Uh, an island there, a talent island <laughs> on his own there in uh, in Charlotte. So definitely worth a pickup because there's going to be a lot of production um, coming out of Rogier. Not necessarily efficient production, but it's going to be there. <laughs> the mind boggled. Why did that? I mean, honestly, that's actually one of those like 2016 contracts. Eh? Like there haven't been many bad yeah. contracts. I feel like have gone out today, but that is a bad one, man. Like that would not be out of place with 2016. I actually took a peek. I was just scrolling through Instagram before we started recording this pod and I um, happened upon a a Rogier story and that dude is like literally as we speak out now, like clubbing very, very hard with his mates. So good for him. He got paid, you know, all the best to Scary Terry there. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, he leaves Milwaukee for Indiana. Four years, 85 mil. They also signed Jeremy Lamb, former running mate, uh, along with... um, with Kemba there, and uh, and Bogdan Bogdanovich is uh, heading off to Utah there. So some shuffling going on there in Indiana, but they're kind of a scary team now. That that backcourt of, of Brogdon and Oladipo kind of terrifies me just a little bit. I think they might be uh, stepping up there in the power rankings there in the East. I, I keep going backwards. And f- what do you think Malcolm Brogdon is? You know, like what do you, where do you what sort of a player do you think he really is? Almost like a Swiss army knife, kind of jack of all trades, good at lots of things, but not great at anything, um, which I think is a good player to have next to Oladipo. I think he's a decent defender. He's a great facilitator and he knows how to win, Mm. which I know sounds cliche, but I think he's a net positive on almost any team unless he is forced to score on his own, which he won't be. Like, I think you're right. And I think he's going to... I think he's going to be worth his contract. Once again, I think there's a pretty slim possibility of him out. I mean, everyone's signing for such big money. It's like, <laughs> yeah. how are they going to outperform their contract? How is anybody going to outperform their contract, right? But, uh-huh. um, I, yeah, I like him a lot better on the bucks at that price. You know, um, I really think there's a defined role for him there. Um, I don't like. I don't hate that move at all. Like I would have kind of, I wouldn't have minded him on the Celtics for similar money, to be honest. But um, yeah, I just it's a lot of money for Malcolm Brogdon, man. Who's uh, like for a, it's sort of like if Malcolm Brogdon's the piece that you needed to get you over the hump, then that's great. But mm-hmm. he's not that for the Pacers. But the Pacers like the Pacers are going to be good again. Like he's a really good player. Um. Because the Pacers will be co- very competent yet again. Yeah, and their um, point guard, Darren Collison, just retired out of the blue there. Wow, so they yeah. <laughs> kind of forced their hand a little bit. That was a bombshell. <laughs> yeah, for religious reasons, I believe. You know, I'm not, gonna, not begrudging the guy, but it was, it was sudden and unexpected. Yeah, they didn't mention, you know, his Jehovah, I had no idea he was a Jehovah's Witness. No, nor that that would lead him to an early retirement. But uh, there you go. Yeah, man. <laughs> Look. Doors to knock, um, <laughs> pavement to pound, watchtowers to yeah. distribute. 
places to go, people to see. Uh, user Secular Human 77 writes on the Brogdon signing, but they got Lamb. Decent moves for Indy, a hit to the Bucks, which I yeah, think is correct. Jeremy Lamb's a nice backup there in the two-guard spot coming off the bench for Oladipo. And another user who's forgotten writes also got TJ Warren a little earlier yeah. in the month uh, in a draft day Loved trade. They've got trade. a good bench depth. Loved that trade. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So, you know, prop, props to Indy. Like, they've definitely improved their roster there. Will it be enough to get over, you know, the the Giannis's and the Kawhi's of the East? Certainly the Al Horford's and the Embiid's of the East? Maybe not, but... um. I think it puts them above the Celtics a little bit. You think the pace is above the Celtics? They've got a better I, balanced first, roster. They have a better balanced roster. I'll give you that. Um, yeah. I mean, they lost Bogdanovich, but they've added sort of a, a nice, well-rounded overall talent and balance to their team there. So um, Yeah, well, once again, we actually don't know what Oladipo's going to be like when he comes back, eh? You know, like we should probably, I think we should probably just assume when guys that they should come back to if they're young enough that they should be approximately yeah. what they were. Um, but yeah, you know, they're, they're a nice team. Um, they still got to figure out what they're going to do with the Sabonis Turner thing, though. Like, I don't think it was established that they can really play together last year. If I had to pick one, I'd pick Sabonis, man. I think Sabonis is awesome. Pick one to have traded to the Celtics no, no. or to remain well, if, on the... If I was a Pacers, I, that would be my keeper. I think Sabonis is awesome, man. Yeah. And then Miles Turner, Turner is kind of awesome in his own right, but for different reasons. And then they got rid of Thad Young today. He yeah. went and signed with the Bulls. So maybe they are planning on running those two bigs side by side. It's kind of hard to they project at this point. I mean, they must be, right? Which, yeah, which kind of leads us back to some of those Jalen Brown, not rumors, but thoughts you know proposals, proposals. yeah <laughs> twitter proposals where, where were you on that ben like i think that i love jalen brown for as far as this trade is concerned for the wrong reasons i think i love jalen brown for what he could be and for his flat top <laughs> and his sort of his academia um pseudo academia and just for kind of who he is as a person which can only go so far um, I think as far as what he can contribute to this team versus what someone like Sabonis could contribute to this team, to this team rather, um, considering the other players on the roster, Sabonis like might have a leg up on him a little bit, which feels weird to say because as I said, I love Jalen Brown, but I think Sabonis might have more of an impact on this particular roster. What do you reckon? Um, I mean, this year, if you, if I had to pick someone, if I could, if I, if we could say, all right, um. We're going to trade one year of Jalen Brown for one year of Sabonis, and then we're going to trade back afterwards. Actually, why has nobody done that? <laughs> Just a loan. Like a like loan, yeah. Because <laughs> that would actually be really quite good for us this year, you know, like yeah. having a year of Sabonis. Um Anyway. Like before we make the trade, let's just swap for a little bit and then make a call after that point. Or like even it. just, you know, we've got a pre, like, it's a predetermined thing. Like, we're going to have Jalen Brown come back. Although, we'd have to extend him first because he'd be an unrestricted free agent next summer. But yeah. but anyway, whatever, you get the, the, that's actually another thing. Did you see the bag that Jamal Murray got? Like, yeah, yeah, that I did. sets but, the market, think, man. Well, I think that impacts the hypothetical we're leading into there as opposed to Sabonis versus Jalen. Well, 
when making that call, we have to factor in the idea that we would really have to throw quite a lot of money at, at Jalen Brown by the looks of things if we were going to stick with him, as opposed to maybe trading him away for someone that is more affordable. Well, know. we also have to factor in what's the market going to be like for restricted free agents next next year. True, um, yeah. I know that there's not a lot of guys out there, but I don't know what the cap space situation is shaping up like. Um, <laughs> the Knicks will probably have some, but... <laughs> yep. But Definitely. yeah, I do wonder whether there's a there's a chance to get Brown on a on a bit of a bargain. I'm really encouraged about Brown. I just feel like, you know, I I oh, man, I'm sure I've said this before on this podcast, so apologies for repeating, but you know, I just really like the way he came through last season. There's some mm-hmm. things I really yeah. don't like about him. His handle is loose. He misses too many layups and he misses too many free throws. He has these mental errors but he's trying really hard, you know, when he's out there. Yeah. And um, I feel like he can put it together. There's, yeah. I do, I, we talk about ceilings. I, I, I really feel like he's one of the guys to whom high ceiling is, a, is an appropriate phrase to use, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Sabonis, really great. Sabonis probably is as good as he's going to be, thereabouts. Maybe it's a sure. better three point. I shouldn't say that though, because guys, it's actually impossible like to really get a true sense of the career arc. The only thing you can sort of sometimes be pretty sure of is is this guy going to be like the next Kevin Durant or LeBron James? You know, like yeah. that's kind of obvious whether they're going to be that or not. You know, um, but it's really hard to tell who's going to be the next Paul George. Yeah, sure. I, I guess as far as who's going to be the next Al Horford in this Brad Stevens offense, and there does seem to be a need for a like a oh, high a, passing IQ big man. Yeah, to, I totally and, agree with that, man. Sabonis would plug in great. Yeah. Like I totally agree. It's, it's a tough call. I totally agree. I just think I think Jalen Brown at the end of the when all said and done will have a better career than Sabonis, and that's like. I could well be wrong about that because Sabonis has possibly had a better career to date, you know? Mm. Um, but that's what I think will happen. So I, that's yeah. why I sort of feel like, I feel like also once we trade Brown, that's it. Like we are kind mm-hmm. of out of moves. We have to hope that the Memphis pick lands somewhere and I'm not super confident about that, you know? Um, and that means we are what we are with Kimber Walker, Sabonis, Hayward, like we're a nice team, man, but like that's not that ain't it, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, all good points. And we are gonna get onto the Celtics a little bit more in just a few moments. I do wanna run through the remaining um I guess key elements of free agency today, because it was just an insane tornado of information. The the timeline was refreshing faster than my eyes could send the visual signals to my brain at some points. Um the New York Knicks, uh, you could say, made a bit of a, a splash today in free agency. I'm just going to rattle off some of the big names that they signed in no particular order. Um, superstar Bobby Portis, two years, $31 million. Taj Gibson, two years, $20 million. And Julius Randle, three years, $63 million. And the context there for those who have been living under a rock for God knows how long. You know, it wasn't that long ago that the projection was Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Zion Williamson and or Anthony Davis and uh, and here we are and we talked about um, the virtues of well-run organizations just you know a few minutes ago 
um, what the fuck is this? <laughs> this is like, I actually, for the first time in my life, feel bad for Knicks fans. I feel bad for Knicks fans. I don't feel bad for the Knicks. For the Knicks themselves, sure. like, That's ha, 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 ha. <laughs> That's what you get. That's what you get for, honestly, just thinking you're something that you're not, you know? You're not mm-hmm. so great that team, that guys are going to trip over themselves just to come sign with you. You have to, like, these these franchises have to learn how to run themselves properly. And if it keeps if they keep screwing up, fine. That team sucks, mm-hmm. man. The Knicks suck. I would have liked Taj Gibson, though. He would have been a nice MLA candidate. Um, yeah. Man, it's or bad. Randall, if we could afford it. And, like, the, 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 the balls of Dolan to come out and be like, oh, we um, decided not to offer Durant <laughs> a max because of his injury risk. Bo! Bullshit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't think that's necessarily 100% I, true? I suspect <laughs> you might be telling a wee porky there, Mr. Dolan. Mm, yeah, I think he might be onto I something there. I suspect if Kevin Durant may have wanted to come to your team, you may have just found in your heart to to, to accept him. It was like, it was like the Office yeah. episode. <laughs> when, um, when Michael tries to break up with Jan, you know, but then she comes back and she's got big fake boobs. Well, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> Guess what, James Dolan? If Kevin Durant had pointed his big fake boobies at you, you'd have been yeah. squeezing. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, <laughs> I don't. I almost want to leave it there, but like, it is like the classically the two biggest markets in the NBA are the Lakers and the Knicks, right? And at the moment, they're also sort of two of the most poorly run franchises. Yet the Lakers have almost run themselves into the ground and can clearly somehow still attract like good quality free agents, namely LeBron James. And then it's kind of because of LeBron that, you know, um, Anthony Davis has forced his way there through his agent there. And potentially Kawhi Leonard could also do the same thing. And yet the Knicks are so, so bad, so (laughs) poorly run that they they can't do that. Like that's how how shit and poorly operated the New York Knicks franchise is. It's awful. it actually says one big thing, and that is that warm weather matters. Because what is the difference? <laughs> <Yeah>. Like honestly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the movie, the movie business, I guess, is another thing because you can get guys to waive their trade kickers and uh, yeah, pay them that through was other helpful. means. <laughs> that was helpful. Very helpful. Uh, Jimmy Butler to the Heat. Which is worth mentioning because it sort of it causes ripples, albeit maybe small ones, in the Eastern Conference. Um, they did have to to jettison a few players in order to get Jimmy Butler, and I know that this is kind of up in the air. But from from what I read, the the sign and trade situation is so far down the line that they'll probably figure out a way to do it. But Kelly Olynyk is off to the Mavs, I believe. Josh Richardson is off to join Al Horford in Philly. And that leaves Jimmy Butler as the, the guy in uh, South Beach there running well, the show. Well, as at the time of publication, I'm not. Uh, this deal is a little bit up in the air. I understand. Yeah, um, it is. but that's the most that, like the version that you mentioned is the one I heard last. So let's roll with mm-hmm. it. Um, I think. Firstly, okay. This is my first it. thought. Um. This is one of the downsides of signing Kimber is you're not in the position that the Mavs are in. Like if we hadn't signed Kimber, we would have been one of those teams that would have had a look in. Do you want Dragic? Do you want Olenek? Mm. You know what I mean? And we, we, we forego that. We forego the opportunity to participate in that stuff there and, and 
do deals that bring back good players on shorter contracts. That's the first mm. point I want to make. Yeah. Um, second point I want to make is, man, I miss Kelly Olenek. <laughs> I'm <laughs> yeah. so relieved he didn't go to the Sixers. The man bun. Oh, man. And the third one is, like, really, what is Jimmy Butler up to? I listened to the Simmons podcast, and um, yeah. their theory as to why he was going down sounded pretty convincing to me, but I couldn't think of any other reasons other than the ones they proffered. Yeah, look, if someone said to me, like, we'll pay you to do your same job, but you can move up to Queensland and, and do it by the sea in uh, warm weather, 12 months a year, I'd, I'd probably say yes to that. Pack up, move the fam upwards, and, uh, and you know, Sydney enjoy the same bad? life, but in better weather. Sydney that bad, man. <laughs> Since the uh, the lockout laws, yeah. Yeah, there's there's nothing going on here. Wait, what are the lockout uh, laws? I don't know. The lock. So the lockout laws in Sydney, uh, um, they were implemented a few years ago due to some late night violence in the CBD, uh, the Central Business okay. District. And essentially, um, you can't buy. Or... Uh, it was all right, part of it, right. but mostly due to some some fights in, in King's Cross. Right. And as a result, now you can't buy uh, liquor from a bottle shop anywhere in the city after 10 p.m. Um, and you can't go into a new venue anytime after, oh. I believe, I'm too old to be affected by it, <laughs> but anytime after 1 a.m. Wow, really? Um, so you're yeah, in and there. Everyone gets kicked out after 3 a.m. You have to, everyone has to go home at 3 a.m. Right. No matter where you are. Um, and so it's killed the nightlife in, in some pretty key parts of the city and a lot of places have closed down and there's this, the Melbourne Sydney rivalry, which was kind of even for a little while has really tipped heavily in favor Melbourne. of Melbourne, as a result. Um, so, you know, if I were Jimmy Butler, maybe I enjoyed the nightlife <laughs> and I played for the Sydney Kings, I might want to move up and play for the, the Cairns Taipans, for example, <laughs> in, in that particular scenario. Of the nightlife so, in Cairns? <laughs> I've been to Cairns, man. It's banging. Cairns RSL is banging. <laughs> and you can stay there after 3 a.m. So, good for Jimmy Butler. <laughs> and you get meat feeds at those RSLs. We, we, we did a trip up North Queensland one time and it was honestly, man, the Yapoon RSL was like one of the best feeds I've ever had in my teenage life. But we digress. Yeah. You get some live music, a bit of, bit of Barnsley recreated <laughs> on stage there. Uh, so, yeah, props to Jimmy Butler. Hopefully, uh, you know, the nightlife and the RSL schnitties are, uh, are banging there in, uh, in, in, in Miami. We'll see. Some honorable mentions real quickly before we move on. D'Lo to the Warriors in a, in a spicy sign-and-trade that puts him, at, you know, a shooting guard or small forward there for the Warriors. Um, and maybe a, a top five all-time unforeseen free agency move. He's somehow a, now a Golden State warrior, which is crazy. There and now Golden State's hard cap, which could be good for us for, I'm sure, reasons that the that our, our core listener base are aware of, but chiefly makes it much more difficult for them to re-sign Kevon Looney. Kevon, mm. yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> I really hope it's a yeah, thing. It's sort of, um, it better be, because... <laughs> Who else is there, man? Like Boogie? Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've conv- I've convinced myself that the lack of a of a big man signing has been because we're waiting to pounce on on Kevin it, Looney because he fits the bill. Idiot Newlands Noel who backed out of his agreement with the Thunder <laughs> and the Thunder were like, okay, peace. We're signing Mike Muscala. Yeah, interesting. Um, we will get to the Celtics big man conundrum in a little bit. Rolo to the Bucks to play with Brolo 
Rolo and Brolo together. Redick to the Pelicans is a big one, I think, because yeah, he adds an element to that team. The, obviously, the veteran presence, but the outside shooting, the ability to run off screens set by the many big bodies I have on that Pace's team. Pacers fit there, um, man. That's huge. The Pacers yeah. really fit, hey? And, and yeah. I don't know if you can talk about favors going there as well, too. You know, oh, not, sure. not necessarily a playmaker, but I feel like they've got playmaking from Ingram, Lonzo, Zion, Drew, Holiday. I, I, that's a balanced team, man. I really like the look of them. I would, I would not be surprised if they won, if they, if they won the West. Not at all. Yeah, I mean that that'll be huge for the first iteration of that yeah. team, but. You know, I guess the way that they're constructed, if they don't win this year, it's probably at least going to be a, a semi-deep playoff mm. run, and then they're sort of picked to to win it. You know, for for many years to come. So, and it all starts with Zion, I guess. It just depends on how Zion turns yeah. out. But um, yeah, but you we'll do see. actually forget though, and this is a point's been raised elsewhere, but we always forget how how close to average the great players are in their first season. You know, yeah. we forget even LeBron. even LeBron. KD, all of these guys, they kind of average around about 20 a game. Not necessarily that efficient. So but, that's probably what to expect from Zion. Like, he shouldn't be better than them. Yeah, right. I, th- I think this is a Simmons take as well or um, someone who guessed it on his podcast. But this might be the best entry point mm. of any like highly touted prospect in the NBA of all time in terms of the he's team that to. he's landing on. Yeah, for sure. That's um, definitely a Simmons so, take. Other than like Tim yeah, Duncan. sure, yeah, yeah, which I think was a caveat of the uh, of the same take. <laughs> so very, very excited to see that team, and you know, summer league's coming up, so we'll be able to see portions of that very soon. Before we move on to the Reddit recap, Kawhi Leonard uh, is probably the only person who didn't partake in the obvious tampering that went on pre free agency, <laughs> um, and has dutifully uh, scheduled all of his team meetings, you know, beyond July first. Um, so there's speculation as to where he will turn up. Looks like it might be the Lakers, the Clippers, or the Raptors. You got a preference there, Joe, as to where he shows up? Oh, I really hope he resigns with the Raptors. Just yeah, you know, I think I'm with you because I sort of feel like there's no other guy to go the cl- to go to the Clippers with now. So I actually kind of feel like the Clippers are out. That's how I kind of feel. And mm-hmm. so if he's going, if it's between the Raptors and the Lakers, I definitely know where I want him to go. Um, I definitely <laughs> yeah. don't want him to go to the Lakers. Yeah, um, and I like Tor- I like I liked the Toronto team. I I kind of mm-hmm. want them to have another go, and I want someone else to try and knock them off. They're not a villain to me. They're not a villainous team. They're a good team that I'd like to see if they can do it again. Yeah, well and fairly constructed um, through like complex and difficult decisions made by their front office. So I fully respect them. Um, It's interesting though, like the plight of the Celtics fan. First of all, I agree that the Clippers, they were sort of um, excluded from all the action today, essentially. Mm. And they didn't sign that that key free agent to then pair Kawhi Leonard with or whomever with. Um, so it comes down to the Raptors and the Celtics, and it's it's funny like like at the surface level, the obvious choice would be get out of our conference to make way for potentially the Celtics, right? That would be sort of the narrow minded Celtics view on things. Um, but the plight of the Celtics fan is obviously that we despise the Lakers, we hate <laughs> the Lakers and their fans so much that no matter what it means for us in our little conference, do not go there. We do not want to see them win. They're only a few. I think they're at fifteen titles to our seventeen, um, and with the Kawhi. Um, Anthony Davis and, and LeBron James team, they could easily 
sort of overtake us in that sense. So um, I'm very uh, mindful of that in where in Kawhi Leonard uh, actually signs. I, I mean, I like... I, if the Lakers were a well-run team, as long as they, you know, constructed their team by what I regard as legitimate means, I'm okay with that too, you know? Like, I'm okay with them being a good team. I'd still want to beat them, but I wouldn't hate them. Like, I hate how they've constructed their team. I, I Like, I despise that team right now because it's it's just... It's it's wrong, <laughs> you know. It's a, it's a team that chose it. You know, the players chose the team, yeah. not the team chose the players. It's it's not what yeah. we cheer for. You know, it's not what I'm interested in. You know, I think even if the team was run by Barack Obama and Mother Teresa, and they donated half of their proceedings to charity, I would still find a way to hate the oh, Lakers. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> that's just me. Um, look, folks, we're going to take a very quick break. We're going to come back in a moment for the Reddit recap. Welcome back. This is the Reddit recap, and this is also the big one, a post by MKG and Kemba fan, rightfully so, uh, to Adrian Wojnarowski tweet confirming free agent Kemba Walker has agreed to sign a four-year, $141 million maximum contract to join the Boston Celtics. So, Joe, this is this is a big one as far as free agency is concerned for the Celtics. There's been a lot of talk around the idea that for whatever reason, the Celtics can't attract you know, maximum free agents or big-time free agents. This is the signing we've made for whatever reason, uh, and it's been a divisive topic among Celtics fans as far as whether or not this is, like, sensible spending of our cap space. Um, I spoke to, to Jackson about this on the last show, but I'm curious to hear, like, your sort of general thoughts on Kemba, what you think of the signing. Can he can he bring anything to the team and, and get us above where we've been over the past two years or so? Um, so I'm not pro the signing. Um, if I had have had my choice between signing Al Horford for a hundred million for what he got and Kemba for this, I'd have preferred to have Al Horford. Um, but you know why? I also sort of feel like um, Simmons feels like Simmons just sort of feels like oh, this makes us one move away from contention. I just don't fundamentally. I just don't think Kemba's on that level. As as diabolical as Kyrie Irving was, like to me, Kyrie's actually a, a totally different tier of player. To to me, um, I don't think Kemba's on that tier at all. I think it's very likely we've just seen Kemba's best season, very 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 likely, and we're paying for that past production. So do I think I, I think there's it's I don't think it's I don't think he can outperform his contract. And I think there's substantial risk of underperforming it because his shot is, like, it's steadily improved. I don't want to pretend like it's just been a flash in the pan thing, but he's not a good shooter, you know. He's not He's not like a born shooter. He's not Kyrie. Um, he's not KD. Um, he's little, which means that he's really vulnerable if we were ever to be really competitive. He's... Who, who's he going to... He's going to get the Steph Curry treatment, man. He's going to get pulled up in the, every single pick and roll. And mm-hmm. um, and finally, he's not that young. You know, if he was two years younger, I'd feel a lot better about it. But yeah. but he's going to be, you know, the, to me, the last two years of his contract could be as much of a risk as ours. Yeah. So those are the reasons why I'm not in favor of it. Having said it, it's done. And I'm 
very happy to be cheering for Kemba Walker. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is, um, you know, at least we've got somebody to get behind, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I completely understand what you're saying, but at least for the next two years of that contract, like, what were we going to kind of do, right? The, for the two years where we've got Hayward locked up as well, I guess we may as well have something to cheer for, which sounds, I don't know, a little morose. Um, he, he could be quite good. Well, from what I've... I haven't watched a lot of Kemba Walker other than the times that he's absolutely decimated the Celtics. And I know that's he not a big enough sample size to make a judgment call on. But by all accounts, and these are not my original thoughts, he is a very similar player, a very comparable player in terms of play style to Isaiah Thomas. Uh, and where he differs from... Kyrie Irving and is his ability to come off screens and and shoot and play make off of those screens. So if you remember from IT, we used to run him off screens sort of off the ball and he would yeah. either grab the ball um, off a dribble handoff or coming around an Al Horford screen and then he would react and make a play accordingly. And that is much more Kemba Walker's play style as well, whereas Kyrie different from that slightly. Um, add to that, Kemba Walker, I, I think, is maybe a better player than Isaiah Thomas. And it's going to be interesting to see how Kemba reacts to being put in that environment. Um, I think that's a tick in the in the pros column, I suppose, for Kemba Walker. Um, I'm at least excited to see how he benefits from this new system and these new players that he's put around. Yeah, I, there's a um, there's a guy called Cringes McBasketball, a good fellow, and he um, he's involved with this basketball index thing. And he, he has these like player grades. You might have seen them pop up. Um, mm-hmm. He Definitely did a lot of them when um, the AD trades back in like January, February trade deadline, just sort of comparing the Celtics prospects and that. And he did this comparison between Kyrie and 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 Kimba. And Kyrie is like an Kyrie's like an A grade player in like everything in offense. And Kimba's not not really. Um, Kimba's amazing at one on one. And uh, there was one other category that he was really, really good at, but otherwise he's kind of a B grade player. And I agree, like his style is more reminiscent of it, and he plays low to the ground. Um, like Kimber's game looks cool, you know, it really does look cool. Um, he, he plays low to the ground, and and you know you talk about that the. Um, I guess the, the dynamism that he comes off those screens, it could be more Brad Stevens like. But I, I just as much as Kyrie Irving drove me crazy, we might I sort of feel like we might be underrating or not giving him enough credit for the fact I don't think he was a greedy player, like on the court. I I I, I think his style of play you know, we may not be giving him enough credit for fitting into the system. Just because his personality seems really selfish doesn't mean he was actually like a totally selfish player. Yeah. Yeah, I do think Kyrie was inconsistent, particularly in that second year once we had Gordo back. Mm. Like there were games where he had more than 10, 12 assists um, and occasionally he would string back-to-back games like that. But it seemed like for the most part he wasn't able to string together like a consistent sort of set of averages in terms of his stat line. Like he was kind of all over the place, whatever he thought he could offer to the team. It almost seemed like he was changing his mind regularly or trying to adjust too frequently to sort of find 
like a pattern of consistency mm. there. I, I wonder if, you know, by all accounts, Canberra is a little bit more level-headed. Maybe he won't have that, you know, dynamism or um, that that A-plus rating as far as um, what he can bring to the team with his individual accolades and stats and whatnot. But I wonder if we might get more consistency from Kemba Walker, not just in his personality uh, and the way that he treats teammates and the media, but just in terms of his nightly contributions to the team. And maybe we don't have to lean on him as much as we kind of lent or tried to lean on, on Kyrie over the past couple of years. Yeah. I, I mean, we're at the point, right, where we, where, we, where we get hopeful about what he can do and why he might be better. And... And I hope so too. Um, I'm. I'm just. I. I think Kyrie is a, a clear cut above Kimba as a player, um, and I think we'll notice that. But hey, um, honestly, there's more to supporting a basketball team than just having cheering for the best players. You know, um, I hope Kimba's a great guy to cheer for. That's worth a lot. You know, um, I'm excited. Like, I'm looking forward to next season, um, but, I, yeah. The Kimber thing feels like it's, it's we, we need, Kimber needed to be the piece, the final piece of the puzzle. And, mm-hmm. and he's, he's, the order's wrong. That's, that's what keeps going through my head. The order's wrong for this acquisition. We needed another group of players here because the roster's so unbalanced right now. If Horford was there and we were able to add Kemba, you know, um, that would be a different thing. If um, we had another a really top four man, <laughs> if we had, even if we had like a Draymond Green guy, like someone, you know, but we don't. Um, yeah. We, we, what if, like, what if Tatum is that piece? Like, it kind of seems like maybe Danny Ainge is banky on that a little bit. And and then the Kemba Walker signing makes a little bit more sense. Like, say we're living in this ideal world where Tatum is his ceiling right now, and then we're signing Kemba Walker to pair with whatever the best, like he's like Indiana Paul George, or you know Tatum in this case, and then we sign Kemba Walker to match him with that version of Tatum. And say they're projecting that Tatum will, will reach that ceiling in one to two years. And so there's this intersection of, of those talents. And as Kemba's on his way down, Tatum is perfectly intersecting on his way up. And then we have this period of title contention. And then long-term, we can sign more guys around Jason Tatum. I, obviously, that's a huge gamble to even speak of. And you have to make gambles. You know, based on what we saw yeah. last season, it's not necessarily yeah. going to be the case. But it, they could be banking on that at, at this point. I think there's an awful lot of eggs in that Tatum-Brown basket, for sure, right? It has to be. Um, yeah, I mean, leaving aside what I think Tatum probably is going to be, um, yeah, I mean, if we if Tatum's awesome, we are going to be awesome. If Tatum is on that level, then we are going to be, you know, there's just a few guys who just make teams contenders instantly. Um, and um, they put the ball in the basket a lot, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. Like, I'm not sure that AD's one of those guys. Because the Pelicans really weren't that team, you know? Like, I think that guy is really rare. There's not that many of them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like LeBron's one. I think Durant is for sure one. I don't know that there's that many others. I think Kawhi probably would be one. I think any team that Kawhi's on is going to be really freaking good. But anyway, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a digression. Um, what were we talking about then? 
Well, but I, yeah, I hear you. Um, we we're talking about whether or not they're sort of banking yeah. on Tatum becoming, reaching his ceiling, essentially. And, you know, like you, you mentioned, it's difficult to know who can be that guy and like what the pieces are for contention. So maybe I'm oversimplifying it a little no, bit, but maybe Danny Ainge is just like, fuck it. Like I'll just sign Campbell Walker and maybe my young guys who I've drafted will turn out to be good and, and we can add pieces down the line and Gordo might get cheaper and re-sign and, yeah. you know, let's just see how, see how the vibe feels, well, man. Well, I mean, yeah, look, <laughs> we, we, kind of, we kind of forget this now, but like Markel Fultz, giving up Markel Fultz to get Jason Tatum at the time was like, what are we doing? Markel Fultz yeah. <laughs> is a basketball god, right? Yeah. And he's going to be delivered to us. Um, Danny Ainge really believes in Tatum, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so it would make sense, you know, um, you know, like that. If he still really thinks like that, I guess there's some sense, you know. Um, but the the roster's just imbalanced. Like it just, I, we're just so perimeter heavy right now. Uh, it just. Um, yeah, like I, I suspect we'll be doing another podcast in a week to talk about the more recent signings, hopefully to fill out the front court there. But um, at the moment, um, we definitely have that asterisk around us. But I don't think we're complete yet. No, no. But, you know, I mean, if it's Newlands, if we sign Newlands Noel, like, <laughs> that's not mission accomplished. Time Lord, man. You're forgetting about the Time yeah, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the accurate, the, the, Appropriate response. But yeah, look, if Tatum is on that level, then, you know, the, the trajectory of the franchise is entirely different, whether we've got Kemba or not, right? And so yeah, it's better I to have so. Kemba in the event that his trajectory is that. So that that's fine. Do I think Tatum's actually that guy? No, nah, I don't. I think, I think Tatum's going to be in that Paul George, Jimmy Butler sort of tier of player. You know, um, to be fair, Paul George was a bit better than that this year. But I think he's on that. I think he's going to be on that level. If not, you know, his game's different. Yeah. Is that how you felt after the Eastern Conference Finals the year prior to this one? Uh, you know, I I think so. Um, there's stuff okay. about Tatum's game that I don't like. Like he just he doesn't handle the ball that well. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a certain um, uprightness to the way he plays i've never thought like really makes him stick out as a, as a dominant yeah. player but what's it man i could be wrong about everything i say and i'd be very happy to be so i just sort of feel like we're kind of expecting him to be at that at a level that he's not quite he's going to be so good he's he's really freaking good um but i just think we're, we're projecting him to be a level higher than where he's going to actually wind up yeah I think that's, that's kind of what this year is about. We almost kind of have to bank on that a little bit. Uh, it sounds, it seems like from what we've been discussing uh, and by all accounts that that's kind of what Danny Age is banking on a little bit, like his young guys that he drafted to, to be that good. And it's going to be a, kind of a discovery season. And we're fortunate getting back to the Campbell Walker stuff that we do have like almost a top tier talent, probably a tier two talent to enjoy and maybe give tutelage to those young guys um, from an entertainment standpoint but for the most part we're going to be watching closely uh, as to how Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum turn out and if they flourish in any way and and become you know um, key components of um, eventually a a championship contending team 
Uh, Reddit user Tashu41 writes around Kemba. This guy is so underrated by the mainstream media. I guess he's talking about us, right? Uh, this is a <laughs> hell of a signing for you guys. <laughs> After all hope seemed lost, he's going to pop off. We'll see. He was an all-star um, by default. Just by joining the Celtics, he's on the best roster he's ever been on. So there, there is a little bit of hope there, um, if probably not for championship contention, just for a bit of fun and a complete pivot from whatever the fuck last year was. So looking forward to that. I, I want to give a shout-out to Reddit user Larbird33, yeah, friend of the show. Uh, he's been submitting some insanely high-effort original content on all kinds of hypothetical scenarios that are within reach for the Celtics. Uh, one of which was almost happened today, that being the three-team sign-and-trade. He made another post just recently about how the Celts could still get clever with sign-and-trades. Uh, it's too long to recount in full on this podcast, but just go and read them. Go and filter by Larbird33. There's plenty of good content out there. A lot of it is still relevant after all the things that went down today. Um, but that guy has just been like churning out the work for our subreddit, for our beloved subreddit, and it was just worth... Uh, shouting out on the show today because the, the dude's been killing it. Yeah, I mean, when the the talk of the of potentially Al coming back um, was sort of being floated around the internet, like I was like, oh my gosh, Larbird called it first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sign him up, Danny. Yeah. Uh, and and finally, user Horseshoe Overlook. Shout out to uh, Red Dead Redemption Two. That's a a, a tasty reference there. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski. Free agent Nerlens Noel has asked OKC for time to reevaluate their earlier commitment on a new deal and sides are continuing discussions, league sources tell ESPN. Now, when I added this to the uh, the run sheet here, Joe, <laughs> it was meant to spur on a discussion about big men that we could sign to, to fill that void there. Nerlens Noel being one of them. I know we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but I, I guess we didn't complete the discussion. It seems like the, um, the remaining free agent big men, and I'm just listing this in completely random order, to Marcus Cousins... Kevon Looney, Anis Cantor, and now clearly, potentially, Nolan's Noel. Unfortunately, Thomas Bryant was uh, snatched up by um, the sorry. people who held I'm his sorry. rights. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was another period of mourning there for me today. Um, who do you hope it will be, and who do you think realistically it will be, and are those two people the same? I hope it will be Kevon Looney. <laughs> I'm terrified <laughs> it will be Boogie. Um, I think it'll no. probably be Kemba. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. If if it's Boogie, then nothing in the world makes sense because there's been this like turn, this pivot towards like strong character guys, high character dudes on the team, and Boogie Cousins just does not fit the bill there. And I fear that he would corrupt guys like Grant Williams and all of our otherwise like strongly minded young individuals on the team. Yeah. Um, plus he's just, I think he's over the hill a little bit with that injury of his. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Looney, on the other hand, high energy defensive big man, uh, well coached by Steve good Kerr finisher. and he, good finisher. Yes. Um, and then Cantor is soft in a lot of aspects of his game. He did have a strong showing for Porton in the playoffs. He's a great rebounder. Yeah. He gets a lot of putbacks. Um, but I just don't see him chugging up and down the court with like our youthful squad every night for 82 games a season. <laughs> well, I mean, we're as big as can be choosers, right? Like they're all really flawed, you know, they're all, yeah, all I suppose you're right. options, you know, um, 
yeah, yeah. there's a reason why they're getting the MLA. I mean, Robin Lopez would have been great. I would have loved to have mm-hmm. Robin Lopez. I would have loved to have Ed Davis. You know, man, these guys are disappearing. And it's, it's. I sort of feel like we're in limbo with the sign and trade thing, you know? Like, we we need to find out whether we can have the MLA, really, you know? And we, yeah. we might get it and it's too late, you know? We, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like a the free agency today, and this wasn't the first time I felt this way. It's like a feeding frenzy, mm-hmm. and like someone, for, maybe for Celtics fans, it's like someone's holding us back from getting to the table where all the party snacks are, <laughs> and then like by the time the crowd sort of disperses and we get there, all the sausage like, all rolls the are gone. gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, and that's kind of what I think. Uh, in from recent memory as well, like Danny Ainge just doesn't make those like exciting free agency signings that you yeah. kind of hope for. In that sense, I guess that's uh, another pro Kemba Walker signing thing. Like we signed kind of a marquee free agent, but like we didn't really fill in the gaps today, which I was disappointed to see. Having said that, by the time we log off here, Joe, and, and post this um, episode, I'm sure we would have signed Kevin Looney by now. <laughs> I hope, but uh, Hang we'll on, see. Let me just go refresh. <laughs> yeah. No, still no Looney. So, yeah, listeners out there, if we, if we sound fatigue to you it's it's been a like a i i did not sleep well last night because the news came in started to trickle in at about 3 a.m and my my phone started to buzz um Is that why you weren't awake then, in the morning yeah i actually slept in to 7 30 a.m because i was basically awake from 2 till 5 just refreshing twitter and celtics reddit um the news came in early um hashtag tampering and then today, you know, I sat at my desk and just watched Twitter all day and did no work, but my mind was being pounded by new information, like, consistently. So, I feel beat. I hope that we wake up in the morning and our roster is a little bit more complete, but there's still a long way to go to to having a team on paper that looks like a complete team that might yeah. actually take us beyond the first round. Yeah, it's just, you know, we're kind of coming to grips with the fact that we there's no there's no real path to true contention, although that's, this year is going to be weird. You know, um, but it just doesn't feel like you can, you can't join the dots to saying, oh, if we do this, this, and this, we could be a contender. It sort of feels like those pathways are a little bit closed off. And you know what? I, after last year, <laughs> give me anything but last year, right? You know, I'll I'll take it. Yeah, if I had to summarize my hopes for the Celtics organization, it would be build around the Jays and whatever the Memphis pick is. Hopefully that becomes something, but there's so many variables in, in that potential outcome. It's just, it's like you said, the pathway is kind of sealed or cut off for now, but um, Hey, you know, I, I'd rather lose in the second round with these expectations than losing the second round with last <laughs> yes, year's expectations. Yeah. So that's where we're at. Um, the only way is up, Ben. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. And hopefully in a few months' time, we're talking about the resurgence of Gordon Hayward. That's a a whole other bag of chips that we didn't open on this episode. All right, that'll just about do it for this episode of the Celtics Reddit Podcast. Summer League starts tomorrow. And if you're a fan of the Spurs and the Cavs or the Grizzlies and the Jazz, well, you're in luck (laughs) because they have a back-to-back-to-back in Utah from tomorrow onwards. The Celtics are back on Saturday or Sunday in our part of the world to play Philly. They're in Vegas. We'll be back sometime after that and plenty to look forward to in the meantime. Joe, thanks again for coming on, mate. Summer League, all right. <laughs> I love Summer League. Yep. 
I'm looking forward to it. I want to see Zion on the court. I want to see... Uh, we're not going to see Romeo Langford, but uh, by all accounts, we're going to see Carson Edwards, who I'm really excited about. So yeah. plenty to look forward Roll to. Roll on Grant Williams. Power forward. Starting power forward. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, the space captain. <laughs> space force. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Go Celtics. Right. Peace. <laughs>